What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Unplug Yourself with your host, Joe Robins. I hope you've been enjoying the show. I know that uh, I enjoy it when I listen back to it, but that's sort of a narcissistic approach to content creation. Should I enjoy it? I feel like I should. Hey, look, last week was a little bit of an odd one for me. I think I was a little bit low. I think I wasn't feeling great about things in general. Nothing specific. I had a little bit of an altercation. I don't want to get into the details, but just kind of kicked my ass, got sick, did a food for thought, was super negative, or what I thought was super negative, but uh, I feel better this week, and I guess I'm saying this, or I'm letting you know this, because we all go through our stuff. We go up, we go down, we got things. Um, and it all affects us. We're not alone. Uh, we all have our business. We've all got our internal monologue that we're crafting and dealing with and battling with. Uh, mine kicks my ass every once in a while, and I get a little bit shitty about it, and then I start to think the whole world sucks. That's sort of how I work, I guess. I kind of start to dig into it a little too much and get a little bit crazy about it. Some say I overthink things or think too much. I don't know, it's just literally the gift I have or whatever you want to call it, it's how I operate. But uh, nevertheless, I'm back at it. I didn't do an interview on the weekend, I did an interview today. Today is Monday, the day I normally release. It's going to be a bit of a later release, but I got one in. Um, I got the chance to interview Sarah Edney. You'll find out the only person I know who has a Wikipedia page and is uh, fundamentally one of the biggest weirdos I've ever met in my life, and I apologize to you now, Sarah, but that's not true. Uh, she is a very kind person, uh, kind enough to let me uh, pretend like I knew what I was doing as her coach when she's probably had far superior coaching than I ever have in ice hockey. She played on teams both as a player for me and as a, a, a person I played hockey with as well. Incredibly patient person, one of the more gifted hockey players I've ever come across in my life, uh, and, and nevertheless someone who I guess just really loves the game of hockey and uh, I think really just likes the people. She uh, has a good laugh. She's got a lot of quirks, and she puts up with my shit and gives me a heap of shit. So what better people to have in your life than the people that uh, give you the hardest time? Uh, Sarah is one of those people, and I've only known her for a short time, but in that short time, I believe that uh, you know she and I kind of created a bit of a friendship there that I, I enjoy, and uh, nonetheless, I hope she does too. Um, but uh, for, for this, I apologize, Sarah. Uh, your bed fetish with pajamas is the weirdest. I cannot figure out what you are doing there and why, but uh, I do believe that after talking to you for an hour about kind of where where you come from, I have a little bit of a better insight as to why you are maybe just a little bit over the top with some of these things. Nevertheless, this is my interview with Sarah. She uh, had a phone call with me today, took time out from her study so that she could, I guess, have a break, but then also eat a bit of tofu. I'm joking, she did not do that. She had a bit of a snack. I'm sure it was some weird thing that she concocted in a little Tupperware dish uh, and had a chat to me about her life and kind of some of the stuff that she's got going on and uh, a little bit of the thing. Oh, I forgot something. Nathan, you were supposed to fast forward to right about now. My apologies, buddy. If you're listening, uh, you made it this far. Uh, and the interview starts now. So, so it's basically getting sugarier over time? I don't even know. Because <laughs> I don't understand what's That's happening. That's my realm of biology there. <laughs> really? There's uh. too many other little things in my brain right now. But you know what? I'm probably going to Google it later. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to. I, I wonder. I, I was more just happy to go. 
blindly just keep eating it while it gets darker going, this could be bad and I'm just going to stick it out. And if I get sick from doing it, then I'll stop eating it. Cause I was just like, it's surely, cause I think I checked like a used by date, you know, it's printed on there and it was like, you know, yeah, three, use by. That 30, is a keyword, the keyword yeah. of that. Use like, by, sell by. Yeah. As long as it doesn't have mold, even if there's mold, sometimes you can just pick it off. You can cheese, for example, cut it off. Bread, just, bread just, mold can't kill you either. Bread mold. Just, just cut that off too. <laughs> oh, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, you talking about bread mold just reminded me of your pajama situation that you've talked to me about. And I'm just going, how can I hate this? that you guys make fun of me for that. We don't make fun of you. You just shared some, 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 uh, some crazy. And um, I'm pretty sure know, Liz agreed. I think Liz kind of agreed with my situation. I'm pretty sure anyone when I'm in the room would agree with you over me in that situation. <laughs> One-on-one, I mean, it's sometimes deadly. Sometimes life hurts, Joe. Hey, you know, and I'm used to it being a real pain. I'm, I've definitely, definitely dealt with it, and I'm quite happy to be that guy that gets to be wrong in a, in a group of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right, well, let's start, let's start doing this. You ready? Do you, uh, do you, you, you want to get, let's get, let's start it up, because I'm going to use a lot of the stuff we've already recorded as my little intro bit. And then, oh, lovely. I know, I know. But we'll talk about it even more as we move along. Get the kiwi into that. Yeah. All right. Okay, Sarah. Sarah Edney, we're going to start the show now. My son corrected me and said it's a podcast, it's not a show, but I call it a show <laughs> because I think it's more of like a, a it's called the Joe Show. Um, so I'm going to say, one, you're going to have to tell us who you are and like your little Sarah Edney pitch because I don't know who listens to this and I don't know, um, you know, if, if the people listening to it will know who you are, albeit there might be a couple people that we mutually know that would listen to it. Um, but I will enter it in with you are the only person I know that has a Wikipedia page dedicated to themselves. I know no other people that I've seen face to face in real life and had more than one conversation with that has a Wikipedia page. Um, I knew more about you before I actually spoke to you than I, I think anybody did. So that was really cool. But Sarah, Wikipedia Sarah, what are we, wh who are we? What are we doing? What's the, what's what the are, haps? What are we doing? Well, yeah, that's me, Sarah. Sarah Ann, the most basic name you could ever come up with. Sarah Ann. Um, yeah, you know. Um, well, I'm not from here, obviously, here being Australia. True. Um, I spent the last... I guess eight out of, I will spend the last, after these four years, eight out of ten years of my life in another country. Lived in the U.S. for four years, mm. going to university, playing hockey, studied history of science. Very interesting. Huh. Not a lot of people have heard of that. <laughs> um, Why did you choose home. a history of science? <laughs> it's just interesting, you know. Literally took a course called the History of the History of Science one of the classics. Yeah. Like it's what every every person thinks of when they're young, when they're like exactly. science. Oh, what is the history of this? I wonder if I can exactly. make a career out of it. And then boom, right in front of you, the history yeah. of the history of science, yeah. a little primer. No, I honestly just stumbled into it. Um, <laughs> as you would. As anyone, as, I, as, I, as anyone would stumble into that. Um, it was the liberal arts thing right. of the u.s and mm. we got to pick our majors in our second year mm. uh, i went in knew i wanted to do science but with all the science majors comes all the additional 
physics and math that I wasn't super fan of. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of took that path, one, because it was still able to get me the science that I needed to kind of get where I am now. Mm. I kind of knew what I needed um, to apply for further education after that. But then also I was able to kind of explore the more like social sciences of like the biology I'd always been doing. So I kind of got into epidemics and like global health and stuff like that. And then that kind of, after I came out of university, I ended up getting my master's in public health, which kind of came from me finding history of science and the courses that I had to take for that. I didn't really have any interest or exposure to that in high school, obviously. Um, But that's kind of why I went into public health. Mm. Um, so wait, that, so where were you? So you, was that, was that, that was, I came back, I came back home, um, after my four years of undergrad and then took a couple of years, played hockey and worked. And yep. then I did my master's about two and a half hours away from home. Right. So I lived out there for a year and it wasn't a full year. It was only, I think two semesters. And then the other semester I was working downtown uh, for a not-for-profit peer support organization right. as part of the program. So it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. So, where, so okay, so where are you from originally then? So I'm from Mississauga, Mississauga, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So usually when people ask, I just say I'm from outside of Toronto. <laughs> right, because you don't like to say Mississauga, Mississauga? Uh, yeah, then they call it Mississauga. Yeah, yeah, Mississauga. No, and you don't want to be from Toronto when you're not really from Toronto. Why is that? You just have to say you're from outside of Toronto. What? I don't know. They have something different going on down there, downtown. Oh right. (laughs) So the way they dress and talk is different. It's different. Oh boy. Different. Oh Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to Canada. Why is it so cold? No, just never had the chance to be honest i've just never it never came up to go there and then i think by the time i would have i moved to australia so i just don't think that i yeah it would have been it would have been something i did when i was older but i left i was in florida for a long time then i came here so yeah interesting i mean i wanted to go i want to go to canada but it just doesn't come up as a place to go haters no, not that. I'd love to go. I mean, shit. I mean, I was close. My so because I'm from Idaho, so like I had a little border with Canada, so I was close. Yeah. It's up in Seattle, up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I was very close to all of it, but I just never yeah. corrupt over the border or anything like that. It just like I said, it just never came up to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I I think I considered going once for a hockey camp when I was a kid. I think when I was about thirteen yeah. or fourteen, but I went to one in Seattle because my mom found some carpool for me to get in, and so it was easier when I was doing when I was yeah. up north up there, but. Um, yeah, it's honestly hard to just go see Canada. Like, there's yeah. so much. People yeah. always say, "What should I see?" I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Where are you going? The country's enormous. Yeah, exactly. What are you trying to get up to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most people uh, often say, "Go to BC, go to Vancouver, things like that," yeah. just because of what it, you know, kind of the yeah. what it is. But yeah, anyways. So Canada left Canada, went to the United States. But so okay, so I know you because of hockey. So just first and foremost, that's the that's the deal. Um, so, and, uh, and, uh, we both, I both coached a team that you played on and then I played on a team that you graciously played on, <laughs> which, uh, made me feel like I didn't even know how to play hockey at all. <laughs> I just was like, holy shit. I have no idea what I'm doing out here. 
<laughs> which cracked me up because uh, I, I, you know, I can play some hockey, but uh, you are quite good at the game, so have quite a quite a history of playing. Um, so yeah, so you've played what? So you played like women's professional hockey? Is that the deal? Yeah, after after university, I played in the CWHL, which is no longer a thing anymore. Oh really? So the Canadian Women's Hockey oh, League. Oh, I heard about that actually. Yeah, for two years, I played for Brampton. Okay. And then they eventually moved to become the Markham Thunder, but I left and went to Buffalo and played in the NWHL, which is based out of the U.S. and now is the only surviving league apart from the players that decided to join the hockey association and create kind of the traveling league, which you probably heard of is happening this year. No, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. I heard that the the Canadian uh, Women's Hockey League was had gone down. I wasn't sure what was happening with the other stuff though, because yeah, so the, yeah. the NWHL is still kicking. Yeah, I think they're in their fifth or something yeah. year, um, based out of the main cities: New mm. York, Buffalo, Boston, Minnesota, yeah, um, and Connecticut, and then. Um, the Players Association kind of traveling group. I think there's a, a group in Montreal and Toronto mm. and also um, in the U.S. I know a few girls from my Buffalo team last year. Right. Most of them decided to join that league. Mm. Oh, okay. So I think both of them have been, I mean, I just watched it on social media, but both of them seem to be doing all right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you played in university, which was what for Harvard. Yes. For Harvard. So you yeah. played Harvard, and then did you play? Sorry, I'm just I'm not even reading Wikipedia, but just is what I recall. <laughs> I'm not even reading Wikipedia. <laughs> I just recall. And then what for Canada as well? Canada. Yeah, I started some? in under eighteen right. when I was in grade twelve. Right. Went okay. to the U eighteen Worlds, and then kind of stayed with the kind of had it was. A, it started as an under-22 development team and then kind of just became the development team, kind of university-age girls or girls that just recently graduated, kind of that middle ground between that and the national team. Yeah. Okay. And in 2015, I went to Four Nations with the national team. Wow. Um, and then I think it was the next year after the camp got released in 2016, I think. Right. And then continued playing, did my my second year in the CWHL, and then moved to the NWHL. Mm. I was just still playing, honestly, for the love of the game, stay in shape. Yeah. And then, but, so then, once you were all done with that, then what you've uh, you've decided to become a dentist? Uh, I've always wanted to be a dentist ever since I was really little. But but a little bit of history of science before we became but, a dentist. Uh, yeah, I, I mixed in a little bit of history doing, of science there before. Yeah, I just want to know why I'm doing the science first before I get into it. <laughs> Any form of science. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's interesting. So, you, I mean, you, like other than, um, so I guess you had like quite the sporting background. What what got you into hockey, by the way? What made what? My, my mom played hockey. Did she? Oh, yeah. Awesome. So my mom played for the Mississauga Chiefs, which is the team that yeah. I then played for growing up. Oh, wow. And my sister, too. Oh, so wow. she has a little, like, letter jacket from when she was playing downstairs in our basement. I think it's still there. Wow. The big, we used to have, like, uh, like a headdress 
as the logo, the yeah, old yeah. Mississauga Chiefs logo, and it's changed over the years through everything. And but it's still, I think we still have it. But yeah, she wow. used to play. My dad's from England, yep. So he didn't do much skating, obviously, mm. growing up. Sure. He was a soccer guy. Yeah, right. So we did that growing up too. But honestly, both of us kind of fell in love with hockey and ended up where we are now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's interesting. Yeah, I um yeah, I think it's interesting when people have like that good solid background, you know, where a parent has that, you know, has had that sort of success. It's always a fun yeah. thing because, you know, you kind of when you're young, you idolize your parents and then as you kind of get older, you start to, you know, look at other people and see things, but it's pretty cool when you've got that kind of foundation of, you know, someone in your family that can kind of point at things and say, "Hey, well, this is what it is." You know, and give you a bit more mentorship and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. How old were you when you started? I think five or six. Right, so super young. Yeah. yeah. yeah people so are asking cool. me since I've been here. And I think back and I'm like, oh, frick. It's like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> also, you just said frick, which is great because that's what a 25-year-old kid would say. <laughs> oh, frick. <laughs> Friggin' heck. Friggin' heck. Oh, there you go. Just being a five or, five or six-year-old child, eh? Learning how to ice about. skate, getting out there on the ice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. we had a. That's the perks of Canada. We had a rink in our backyard growing up. Yeah. Put up the wooden boards. Yeah. That's where you learn to skate. Yeah. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My dad helped out. He. Um. He. They. He helped like put ice in like a park. So he would work with the local fire station to like blow it out and then, you know, deal with all that. So he kind of helped get ice up free public ice for us to use. And then there was a pond in our backyard. Well, our neighbor's backyard that we would go and skate on as well. Um, but yeah, not a lot of good, like solid boards up ice for free. That sucked. We had to go to the ice rink for that, but yeah, it's nice to have it on tap though, especially because it's so, you know, it's, it's fun to play outside. Like I used to enjoy that a lot. Was a kid? Yeah. Mm, long time ago for me. More long than 25 years ago. ago. <laughs> More than 25 years ago. So you were not around. <laughs> I was ice skating before you were born. Oh, oh, boy. And then, so you came to Australia uh, for the dental hygienist gig. What, so why, why Australia? Well, the dental program at home follows the normal um, school year. So they only go to school... Like they have a break. They, we have like three, four months in the summer mm. kind of thing. Um, and here we only really have two months off. So one, the school year is longer. Yeah. We have more opportunity to be in class and do stuff. And the hands-on practical experience is pretty good. All right. Okay. So, I mean, I'm only in my first year and we've already done like root canals, gum, like perio treatments. We're learned all the cavity preps and we have five practical exams. We've done radiology. We've done tons of stuff already. Mm. And I know talking to people from home, they're pretty surprised and it's pretty neat to be able to do that in your first year. But I think we kind of just got here and jumped right in and that's what it's like here. And it's all, I do think a lot of it is because the school year is longer. Right. We're in school like almost 10 months. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, so, so it's a longer, just, a longer yeah. year here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that might be why it's planned differently. It's pretty similar curriculums. Right. And, like, that's also why I came here because I can sit the Canadian board exams. They actually sit them in Australia because they have a, some sort of an agreement that we can 
go back and practice at home. Like, right. we just have to sit a board exam just like any other student that went to school in Canada. Hmm. So, that's right. ideal. So, there wouldn't be any sort of, like, credential blockage yeah. if yeah. you study yeah. here and get certified to do this stuff here. And it's like you yeah. wouldn't have a gap if you went back. Yeah, which oh, I know a cool. lot of people do, like, international for mm. being, like, a doctor. And there's so many exams you have to take just to come back. Yeah. And so, I wanted to avoid that. Yeah, well, that makes but sense. But it was also appealing this program mm. and it's australia which isn't horrible no it's not too bad i guess yeah. i guess it's all right down here yeah yeah um yeah because i mean i the amount of times i've been in a cab you know talking to a cabbie and and they're just like they were doctors and i'm just like why aren't you being a doctor and they're just like because it doesn't transfer i'm like surely something some of it transfers they're like no they literally want me to go back to school to get certified yeah. to be a doctor in australia and i was like wow that just doesn't make any sense to me so yeah, yeah it's kind of like a lot of people in my public health program last year had come to Canada and had international degrees as doctors mm. and kind of were really struggling to get their foot in the door to get a placement or get any sort of um, job here well, in Canada. Yeah. So I know that's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Although a lot of people in, so in the, um, I feel like there's all the Canadians that I've met through hockey are all down here either studying to be a doctor or a dentist uh, for the most part, if they're students. Because um, we had last year on the men's team, we had, I think, or last year or the year before, I think we had four doctors, three or four of them were like all uh, studying or becoming some form mm -hmm. of a doctor. Um, or and there's this guy Dersh that everybody talks about. He's a dentist, which I thought was weird because he's, you know, you becoming a dentist. I'm like, what is the deal with these Canadians and dentistry? Is like a thing or I don't know. I just didn't know if it's something you guys are like have this big dream of doing in Canada. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a dentist. Uh, I mean, I can't help to think though, Sarah, that you've got some serious focus though. Like you must have uh, some pretty serious eyes on what you want to be. Um, and just hearing you talk about like why you chose to do what you're doing and, and the pathway that you've picked through it. Like it seems to me like you've um, definitely have laser focus on what you're trying to get done here. Um, is that the case or are you just like seat of the pants with this whole thing? I definitely, th I honestly think that like focus in my organization has gotten way better since I mean undergrad I was focused and I was focused on a lot of things at once I felt like mm. I talked to people now and even last year when I was in school that we were so crammed with hockey and school and I wouldn't change a thing about it but I honestly can't even believe I managed to accomplish and get the stuff done that I did in the amount of time that I did not have yeah um and like getting things done early that was not a thing I was such a procrastinator and right. I would send my mom screenshots of things being due at midnight and submitting them at 11 59 right <laughs> she was confused whether to be proud or just <laughs> shocked yeah well I mean and what were you looking for right like oh yeah uh, mom just I tell me just, I'm gonna make it <laughs> I honestly was just yeah, I was pulling I was pulling that off weekly though yeah right and I I loved it but then when I went and graduated and started to work. It was nice when you didn't have homework. And then I went back to school to do my master's. And we were kind of in class from 8 to 4. And then I'd go home and <laughs> just kind of be sitting there like, so what am I supposed to do with all this time? Yeah, right. I had stuff done like weeks in advance. And I was still driving to Buffalo for hockey on the weekends. But I honestly 
got all my stuff done during the week and I feel like I started to get stuff done early. I was meal prepping for myself too. In university, we had full like dining hall services. So I was meal prepping and then going to Buffalo on the weekends and I was so organized. And I feel like that's when people started noticing. I kind of took control of my little group there and planned everyone to do the readings and made schedules for assignments and stuff. Mm. And people were like, how do you do this? You're right. And honestly, I was like, I have way more time than I used to have. Sure. And realizing that, I think, I think, I don't know. I just use my start to use my time a lot more wisely. Maybe it could have been better in undergrad, but you know what? I made it through. So yeah. <laughs> we're all good. And then this year, I mean, obviously, I've tried to stay fit, played a little bit of hockey, and yeah. school is pretty busy and kind of all over the place. It's not as structured mm. as I'm used to, but. Honestly, I think my time management and organization has just gotten even better. And I do think it's because at one point I managed to still accomplish it all, but with time that didn't exist. And now I have all this time and I'm starting to learn how to manage it better and take care of myself and sleep and eat better. And I think once that all comes together, then starts working something's clicking something's something's clicking because i'm almost done this first year and the first semester went pretty pretty well yeah took a little while to refocus i guess just being in school and learning different stuff brand new things yeah yeah Yeah. learning how to restudy i think yeah that's what a lot of people that have taken time off school and they're coming back and they used to study a certain way and now they can't because the structures changed and just learning what works for you. Mm. So I think that comes with time too. Yeah, but you spend a lot of time studying. Mm, yes. Yes. Like this and is I a- could still spend more. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But is that like, do you find that studying is just, has become a pursuit of knowledge as well as to obviously complete task? But, you know, do you turn it into something or is it just purely, you know, get knowledge in brain so I can do a test type thing or... I think that's how it used to be. Like they always talk about undergrad was kind mm. of the memorize and regurgitate kind of exams. Yeah. And I think the practical aspect of this and just kind of the job that it is, we're kind of forced to not just memorize and regurgitate and then forget. Mm. A lot of stuff is carrying over from first semester. And I think that's new for a lot of people. A lot of people do just erase the memory and go on to the next exam when we were studying for four exams in undergrad. Yeah. But a lot of the exams we have right now, we're having practical exams. And then two, three weeks later, we're having the theory part. Sure. So like that stuff is in my brain because I need to be able to do it hands-on with no paper and read the situation. And then right. I also need to be able to then regurgitate a little for the theory exam. But I think the practical nature of the course and of dentistry in general, you kind of have to stick it in there because it needs to become second nature and then you have to focus on so many other things Mm. during the day of the actual exam or when you're actually doing it on real people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Real people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what currently you're just doing it on uh, like, like fake heads, right? Fake mouths. We have our fake heads right now and we do a couple things on each other, but nothing with drills or anything yet. Mostly just like probing and measuring like gum depth and stuff like that. Just learning how to like explore and look for stuff. And sure. recognize stuff in, like, real people. Have you found anything weird in your fellow students' <laughs> mouths? No. <laughs> I see, like, 
I have a couple of fillings. Sure. But it's cool to kind of see like other stuff that we've just seen pictures of or right. people that have retained their baby teeth into adulthood. What? For us for us dentists, that's like a nerdy, cool find. What to find people's baby teeth in their mouth? So some you know, some people they don't shed their baby teeth because they just don't have a permanent tooth to replace it. So a lot some people have like baby teeth that are what? still in their mouth. Yeah. But I thought the roots were really short on those suckers. Like they could get knocked out pretty easy. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, well, so there's just stuff like stuff like that. That's fun. that's fun. And when you find someone like that, everyone's like, "Well, is it okay if we show other people?" And then everyone's <laughs> Ooh, and eyeing. And this person's like laid back with their mouth wide open. And everyone gets to look at it. Oh my God. That's just way, yeah. way dental yeah. nerdy, right? Like, yeah. oh, you got to come in here. There's this person with a baby tooth in their mouth. No, and I have oh. like the metal filling still. And right. a lot of people, it's switched to composite. So it's like the tooth colored fillings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the metal ones are obviously a lot easier to see. And it's more of like an older technique. It's kind of sure. getting phased out. Um, but then when people found out that I had amalgam fillings, it was like everyone's around the chair taking a peek. Right. So, so it's see just that so, stuff. it's honestly so funny. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. This is like yeah. a, a down a total dental nerd hole. Oh I have yeah. No idea. This is like, and I'm, but I, then if I really think about it, there'd be like dental conferences where you guys learn about all the really weird shit that's going on. And then there'll be all like the, the sale medical sales people that come through dental sales people. They want to sell you all the new technologies and all that shit. Oh you have yeah. To that's with. a thing. Yeah. 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 My ex-wife worked in uh, medical sales. So she was like going out to first initially it was pharmaceuticals and then it turned into devices. So I know all yeah. about that world. Oh so, yeah. We had a fake arm that we used to, um, because she sold uh, needles, right? Like, uh, okay, yeah, and yeah. so she had a fake arm to, you know, to show like these splints and yeah. all the different things, and like, you know, so like every once in a while we'd have a party, and you know, the arm would get pulled out, and people would just test if they could, you know, anesthetize someone's arm really, like this arm really easily without blowing it. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. Like, I, I was pretty good at uh, sticking a needle in a vein without blowing it all up. So yeah, I felt I felt pretty good about that. I felt like I could I could become an anesthetist if I wanted to. Uh, not oh, just because so I could fun. say the word, but because um, I could also stick a needle in someone's arm. <laughs> what a life. Oh. All right. So four more years, then you're going to become a full-fledged dentist. And then what? Back to Canada. I know you've told me the story of what you want to do. You want to get a, you want to work for a baseball team. And, <laughs> and Hell no. <laughs> a Canadian baseball team, because that's, that's definitely a thing. Yeah, is it? Yeah, no, I don't know what it is. I don't think it is. I've been to a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah, no. Probably not. Yeah. No, honestly, I just weirdly stumbled. I don't even know how I found out about it, but that uh, NHL teams have... I knew that they had a a team doctor, but they also have team dentists. I just think that's the coolest thing. It makes sense. Yeah, but they just go to the home games. They chill with the doctor, and then most of the time, I think it's just... Stitch them up, make them stop bleeding, pull it out, yeah. whatever. Players just want to get back on the ice. Yeah. But then a lot of them obviously will – they they have a, a practice outside of that. That's kind of just a side hustle. Mm, mm. But um, I'd assume a lot of the players and their families then would kind of go to them too. But I just think it would be a cool thing to get involved in that community. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I like to think my history might allow me to – 
pursue something like that in the future. Yeah, I'd think so. Because otherwise, yeah. what the fuck, you know, what the fuck, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would think for sure because it doesn't yeah. make sense otherwise. Yeah, well, I, we actually had to do a uh, an extraction at my house of my son's uh, tooth. He was playing water polo, and one of his baby teeth was still in his mouth. Mind you, he's only 15, so he has some of his larger molars are still there. And he's like, oh, Dad, um, can you come here? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's in the bathroom, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, uh, so I think my tooth is shattered. And I was like, what? He goes, I got kicked in the face in a water polo game today, and I think my tooth is shattered. And he opens up his mouth, and I'm not kidding you, there's like this tooth hanging off the side of his gums, and like it's in three pieces. And I'm like, oh my God, is that an adult tooth? Like, is that your tooth tooth? And he's like, no, 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 there's a tooth underneath it. It's my baby tooth. And it was like a huge tooth. And I was like, oh, good. And I'm like, so it's shattered. I'm like, just start ripping it out. And he's like, I can't get it out. And it literally, I mean, it was, he had to like pick it out. Like there was like three or four pieces and like fully it just shattered against the um, the molar that was coming through on the bottom because someone kicked him in the face <laughs> as they swam I'm sure past that it. was, yeah. Well, I told you that is a dangerous sport. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. But he loves it. Like, I think he would play if, 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 if it was not, I think the way I would have to say this is, is that if I didn't marry my ex-wife and like, you know what I mean? And live in Australia, then I probably would have had kids that played ice hockey. But like, mm-hmm. because I'm here, there's no, never going to be that opportunity because it's just not a major sport. I mean, you like, you yeah. played a season of it. It's, you know, I think there's like a population of just over 5,000 people across the entire continent that play the game. And yeah. most of them are imports and, you know, like all that, that, you know, really kind of elevates. So, you know, they've skated and stuff, but I don't think they ever were going to play. Um, and to be honest, my view of ice hockey in Australia is, is that it's a very disappointing uh, pursuit long term for kids, I think, because inevitably what I've seen is they just leave the country anyways and then yeah, kind of float around. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. But um, anyways, well, uh, so, well, I guess that's that's a very big deep dive into, you know, Sarah, the ice hockey player. Uh, who is going to become a dentist uh, three more years to go and then go back and work for an, an NHL team probably. Um, but what I do want to know, and this is going to be a little bit controversial for you because I also have pieces of things that I would sprinkle over the top of this is what is one piece of gossip about yourself that you'd be willing to share with, uh, with me today? Gossip, gossip, oh. things that no one would know about you, Sarah. This is so hard. I'm just like an open book. You I know? know you are, but right now <laughs> the people listening know nothing. Hmm, it's so hard. Is it hard? Uh, you're, you're saying you're like, oh, sprinkle. I'm like, oh, I, I feel like you add. have something up your sleeve right I'm, now. Well, Sarah, we've spent time together in, in a car and doing stuff, um, you know, and talking about many things. You've shared many of weird things with me, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm just curious. What would you say? as is gossip that you know about you what is your version of gossip for yourself gossip about me oh this is a hard one i don't even know i kind of got to like start over fresh when i got here you know oh right you (laughs) oh geez no one even knows the goss well now the goss is gone erased well there's there's gossip about your vegan intentions, your false vegan intentions. 
You're they're, not false vegan. They're, they're, hey, my, let's clear up that gossip right here. Well, right it's now. out there. It's out there now. All right, you clear it up. You tell me. You tell me what's going on with this vegan the reason, lifestyle. The reason why I identify as a vegan that eats meat <laughs> is not for myself to label myself in a way and <laughs> add myself to the vegan community. Yeah. It is a way for me to better describe my eating habits to people that are going to serve me food. Right. Because if I say vegan, then that just takes away all the dairy. But then if you say vegan sometimes, then they don't give you meat. <laughs> and no dairy and no gluten, which is what I am. Yeah. That turns into vegetarian then. Yeah. But it's not vegetarian. I eat meat. So, so the easiest way sometimes <laughs> on the menus, right? It's like gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. And vegan usually means no meat and yeah. no dairy. Right. So the easiest way for me to say no dairy then is to look for the vegan, but then just add the meat on the side. Yeah, so but... it's more of an explanation for other people. <laughs> but then the people that you're saying, I would like to get the vegan bill with a steak, you know what I mean? Are just going to be like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> Like, and, and also, vegan, right? It's, and they're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, so can I also add a grilled chicken on the top? That's and they're right. like, sorry, yeah. what? what? Yeah. Are you sure you want to do this? Because there would be a whole bunch of vegans like in a room just waiting, going, I well, think someone's going to eat might, some meat The vegans nearby. might be mad at me for that one. I don't. You said something I'm, about I'm the vegan community. I'm in, pretty, I'm in pretty good terms with the vegan community. How do you know? Do they know you eat meat? Yeah. They think. <laughs> What heads of the vegan society have you been speaking to? Because I'm sure that they're not going to get reelected. I know a few vegans out there, you know. Do they eat meat as well? In case then yeah, they'll get exactly. in trouble from That's the other right. ones. They will. They but will. No, it's just the easiest way. And they don't make the menus dairy-free. It just says vegan. So then yeah. I go and follow the vegan way, but then add a grilled chicken and just everyone's happy. I don't know, Sarah. I feel like it's pretty common <laughs> to say I can't have wheat and dairy. <laughs> to a, someone who's serving you food and then them come back and go, well, these are the things that I can give you and I can take these things out. Like my <laughs> wife can't do dairy and she goes, oh, I can't. She always gets a hamburger and forgets to get the cheese taken off and shit like that. And I'm like, what yeah, the so fuck are you doing? It's easier to look for the vegan sign, the VG, well, no, no, it, on the menu. She doesn't want a vegan burger. <laughs> yeah, I know. Then you get the beef one. <laughs> Yeah, you get a beef burger with no cheese. It's very easy to ask for no cheese. So that's what I do now. I just say no cheese to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she tells the people. And then they take the cheese off because it's common now. But to say, yeah. that, to masquerade as a vegan. Okay, so at least we know that your intention isn't tofu. to be a vegan. It's just a way of cutting through the noise. Yeah, but tofu, eating tofu doesn't make you a vegan. It just means that you like well, tofu. Well, if I cut out all the other meat, it would. There's no meat in tofu. <laughs> No, I'm saying if I cut out all the other meat in my diet. And just oh, right. Tofu. Just eat tofu as a, what, as a form of protein. Yeah, but like is tofu, tofu protein? Is it just, it honest, yes, of course it is. What do you mean but of course it is? It's just so like, it's a lot of water. I feel like I could eat a whole hunk of that like just as a snack. That is another, we'll just put that out there. Yes, I do eat raw tofu <laughs> with sriracha as a snack sometimes. Yeah, yeah. a whole <laughs> chunk of tofu. I've seen a picture it's of you good. over the stove eating just <laughs> chunks of tofu. 
Oh, Sarah, this is this gossip. And then the last, the the biggest gossip piece I have on you, but it now makes more sense that I know that you were in, you studied epidemics. I had no idea you were studying world-ending things uh, as a curiosity thing before you went into the history of the sciences. Uh, what is your um, your multi-clothes pajamas couch bed uh, situation? Because that to me is like germophobia at the highest level. Okay, but I am not a germaphobe because if you ask anyone, if something falls on the floor, I will usually pick it up and eat it. What? Like if if a shoe falls on the floor, you're going to eat it? What's the the deal here? Like, see there, like, (laughs) if you're eating, honestly, if I drop things, like, yeah, I'll pick it up and eat it. So that is my, my attack back at you. Is that your attack back at me? Yeah. I was only that's asking gonna, if it's a germophobia gonna, thing. That's how I'm going to combat that. Right. And say but it's I'm a not because I will eat thing. a grape that falls and rolls across the floor. A grape. I'll pick that up and I will eat it. What about yeah. what about when toast falls like butter side down and gets some dog Easy. hair in it? You eat it? Easy. Well, you pick up the dog hair and then you eat it. Yeah, you pick up the dog hair and eat it. And then are you like a, yeah. a five second rule person, three second rule person or... You don't even believe nah. in it. You're just like fucking. I'm having it. It's not. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Joe, I wanted that, and I still want it. Joe thinks I'm a germaphobe. I'm eating this. Yeah, I'm like, I just saw where that went, but you know what? I'm still gonna eat it. Yeah, I feel the same way. If if and especially if I'm cooking, like setting, making food, and like say I'm cutting vegetables and one falls on the floor, I just rinse it under the tap, chuck it in the thing, good to go. Oh, I don't do that to the other people. So you just took it to a whole new level. What do you See, mean? If that happens, then I get a snack. Oh, you just I eat it. I wouldn't put it in for everyone. Oh, oh, yeah. It was like, like a piece of pumpkin. Like, Oops, just pumpkin. dropped all that. Yum. Hardcore big old <laughs> chunk of pumpkin. Well, skin on. Yeah, I get it now. This is why you can eat skin on kiwis. Because <gasps> they're furry and you're just, you're fine with fur on your food. No, and I'm honestly kind of weird with texture. So the fact that I eat kiwi skin kind of freaks me out when I sit back and think about it. But oh, so it's an in adventure. the moment, it's not weird. So it's an adventure for you. Yeah, pretty much. That's interesting. So, okay, so let's, let's just, let's, okay, so, so the, the, the multi-pajama, couch pajamas, bed pajamas, (laughs) sheets and things, like, this is all, this is just a cleanliness thing. This has nothing to do with germs. Because there's a lot of people that I know that think it's a germ-related thing, that you're like a real, a real tweaky, weird germaphobe. It's like one of those things where your bed pajamas only go in your bed, because, I mean, I like to, I think it also has something to do it correlates to my shower schedule you have a shower, like shower schedule no but like you know some people shower in the morning sure and then some people shower at night like i, I like to shower at night especially because we're in the dental hospital and stuff and sure yeah yeah it's freaking hot in this country so yeah it do is. a lot of sweating throughout the day you haven't really so done a like summer here yet have you i i came in the summer Oh, I landed it was mild on like a 39 summer. degree yeah. day or something ridiculous. Yeah, but it's, it was mild last summer. This summer, I think, is going to be nasty. Mild. Oh, this is my, a nice mild 39 degree day. Oh, no, but that's like, that's an occasional 39. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, say, wait till you get like a week of that straight where like there's no escape from it. And you like True. live in AC and like you're in recycled air everywhere you go, just breathing everybody else's germs. Well, it's been smoky recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Air quality. That's a little weird. Air quality index has been pretty fucked up. They're saying it's, it's getting hot. bad around here. Yeah. All right, so we've got no. outside of the bed pajamas, and we've got <laughs> inside of the bed pajamas, and you're not allowed to. There's rules here. Like the inside bed, like I put on my 
in the bed pajamas when I have showered and then I'm getting into my sheets because if you walked or, like the real sickos are the ones that <laughs> go and spend their whole day in their clothes and touch and do whatever and then they get into their bed right. and sleep under the covers like that is not okay yeah but what if you see them just on the outside of the bed like at the end Who, of the bed that's just a whole other pro- just issue changing your shoes. <laughs> like, just changing your shoes just changing your shoes it's on the outside of the sheet it's on the outside of the duna cover it's that not getting weird. inside the bed with you. Still weird. What if you put that a tarp like over a your thing. bed, like a plastic tarp? Then and yeah, then, might as well put the tarp on the floor and sleep there. No, no, just to cover the bed as a as a form of like a a bed condom, if you will, from your germy oh, clothes. And then take it of off and a, get in the a bed. Couch napper. A couch napper. Because the couch napper is for your like casual clothes and it's not oh, as like clean. I read the some. The bed is for like. I read some for shit clean. on napping today. You showered. Yeah, I don't napping. Know. I've heard so many like things about napping that I don't even know what I believe anymore. Well, mine today that I read really devastated me because oh, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I don't nap all the time, but sometimes I just need a nap. And they said people that um, nap more often have a higher likelihood of dying because they have a diseases. <laughs> Especially I think when I they're read that, old. But then last last week there was a thing about the complete opposite. Oh right. So what was the opposite then? It's just like if you nap more. They have better intelligence or something and live longer. Oh, well, (laughs) then I don't know what to believe. I'm right there with you. No, and then there's like the battle of like 20-minute nap or through a full cycle nap or set an alarm or don't set an alarm. What do you mean? What is is a full cycle nap? That could be a 20-minute nap. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is that some people's cycles are different times, so... Yeah. Some people could get the same amount of sleep in like 20 minutes. I remember growing up in hockey, they were like, don't pregame nap for like two hours, pregame nap for 20 minutes. And I feel mm. like that honestly works better for me. Mm. I'm like a short napper, don't set an alarm. Kind of just like car naps are the best, like perfect amount of time for mm. me. Like mm. I could fully recharge. But then I know other people that they'll sleep straight for three hours and they'll feel just as awake as I did after 20 minutes. I think it's sleep training though. I think you train yourself yeah. to do it. So like That's I I think a 20 thing minute with is the good. Bed. You got to sleep train. You got to have good <laughs> bedroom hygiene. That has nothing to do with sleeping. Getting into bed is a state of mind. It's like a mind thing. You get yeah, in. Yeah, and in my mind thing, unwind. if I'm like clean and I'm in my sleeping pajamas, yeah. like I'm ready to just get in there and in sleep. In my sleeping pajamas. Do your sleeping pajamas have a separate area and drawer than your other clothes? No, like when they're all clean, they go in the pajama drawer. So then like sleeping pajamas are under the pillow and then relaxing homework pajamas for after school go like in somewhere else. They can't sit together. Do you touch your phone when you're in your bed? Eh, sometimes. My God, do you know how many germs are on the thing? You just put it on under your pillow and then then you put your your bed clothes on. I do a lot of Lysol wiping. Oh, I feel like there's chinks Especially in your after we're in the armor. After we're in the hospital, lots of Lysol wiping and hand sanitizer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I get it. I guess I get it. I mean, I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to live like a foul creature that you think I am, but you, you do it. I shower whenever I feel like I'm dirty, and I sleep with uh, the same clothes both on the outside and inside of my bed because I get too hot. I can't sleep under the covers as I die of heat, so then I have to be on the outside of the covers. Then what's the point of the covers? Exactly. Lots of times I don't know why they're on the bed, but my wife likes them, so she uses them. You need to do like one of the things where you're just a fan sleeper. A fan sleeper. Because I would rather it be there. There's a thing. 
would you rather be hot and wear like nothing like kind of like the boxer like t-shirt kind of thing yeah and sleep on top with no covers or would you like it to be cold and do like the full like three layers and like full long pant pajamas no, because in the winter I still just wear sh- like boxes. That's it, and I just oh, sleep. Oh, your the thermoregulation is off, buddy. Oh, dude, I sleep so hot; it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, my thermoregulation is set to hot, 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 hot. I've never it's been broken. able to be cold. It's broken. It's been that way my entire life. Like it's to the point where if it's a hot day, a hot night, and my wife just puts her hand on my shoulder, it increases my body temperature so much I start to sweat in the bed. So I have to move her no. away from me. Yeah, it's too much. So I have to. I have very specific issues that I deal with. So, mm. I mean, truthfully, it's, you know, it's, it's a real problem, obviously, for me that I deal with in isolation. Um, but you, you know, you have your, your little ritual and you live it. Well, that's some good gossip. I mean, everybody now knows that you're a weirdo, which is all I wanted. <laughs> all I wanted them to know is that you're the weirdest, one of the weirdest people <laughs> I know. Yeah, me and my vegan friends. Yeah, right. Well, good luck with that. Eating our, yeah, yeah. eating our kiwi skins. Yeah, eating your kiwi skins. I wonder if after that... I put on my relaxing pajamas when I get home. Well, no, but yeah, yeah. Before you have your shower to get into your real pajamas yeah. to get into bed. Yeah, yeah. it's a very yeah. complex life. I wonder. No wonder you you feel so busy with all this work you have to do. <laughs> so, so much, much shit. So much to do. So yeah. little time. Honestly. Yeah. Oh man! And so, like normally, I ask people what they do for a living. But you're working out. You're a student, working student. But your sort of job job is you look after animals, right? Oh yeah, I got into this uh, pet sitter business when yeah. I got here. And so, like that's you just basically live at other people's houses now. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I just joined this app. Honestly, not thinking much about it. Yeah. Thinking I'm, I might never hear back from anyone. Mm. Um. Got my first, got my first hit not too long after. Kind of weird. Thought it was fake. My first ever animal I ever pet sit was a little black cat named Bagel. Bagel, yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Um, and then ever since that was, when was that? Like, I got here middle of January. It's probably end of February, beginning of March. Yeah. I have some repeat clients now. I've had dogs, cats. The mix have got my sister into it now, <laughs> but I basically just people go away on vacation. I stay at their house, and there's an added benefit of house sitting on top of pet sitting, and feed the pets, hang out with the pets, walk the pets sometimes, play yeah. the ball. Yeah, it's honestly great company when I'd just be sitting at home studying anyway. Yeah, fair enough. And usually they have cable. Oh right. So you can watch TV. Yep. Don't, don't you just live in Netflix life? <laughs> kind of, but sometimes it's kind of fun to watch the news, especially when I have no idea what's going on around the oh, world the or around me. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. and you know, I heard The Bachelor Australia is pretty good, so. The Bachelor? I turn into that. Oh, oh and Sarah, there's another please. show. What's it called? The Chase. That's a good one. The Chase. Oh, The Chase yeah. Chaser. Yeah, what, The Chase what, thing. The Chase. What is, it, what is the premise of Isn't The Chase? I don't know. There's a guy and they answer questions and then the people have to try to get ahead of them and they kind of... Oh, game show thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's a game show. Oh, right. No, I don't know that one. There's a comedy group. There was like the Chasers War on Everything and Chaser. But that was like these guys, these Australian like comedians just doing massive um, social piss takes, which were quite funny. Um, I didn't know if you're getting into some some of that, but it sounds like you're just uh, hooked on junk TV. 
Yeah, you know, sometimes it's nice. Don't do unwind. the Bachelor. Please don't do the Bachelor. It'll ruin oh, so, you. So that's like my no, that's like my guilty pleasure. I feel like it'll drop you down in my respect category Excel spreadsheet. You'll, I go, you'll move a into a column, second column, kind of okay. I didn't even watch Bachelor in Paradise this year, so that should bump me up again. Yeah, well, you weren't on the list. Now you're in a different Excel spreadsheet in my mind. Like people that are kind of were cool and not cool anymore to me. <laughs> I've shifted you around back, back and there. forth, back and forth. <laughs> Oh you boy! Know, I like to keep you on your toes. Yeah, well, you do. You definitely have kept me on whatever toes I have left to keep myself up. Um, I'm gonna. Well, uh, let's go through a couple things, right? So, uh, I guess one of the things that I always am trying to tackle with this show or this thing is, it's like trying to understand how people move through, say, hard things in their lives or big decisions. I mean, one of the things that I'm picking up here with you is that, you know, you do have a quite a focal you know, a focus on, you know, where you're going, what you're trying to achieve. Um, I can't imagine that it was all just perfect, easy sailing for you. Um, if you think about, you know, trying to, you know, work your way to become a dentist, it sounds like it's a lot of effort and a lot of work. You've had to get multiple degrees and things like that. But then at the same time, you've also had some, some big successes in ice hockey, um, you know, as a, as a female athlete, you know, that that's gotta be a big deal too. And I'm sure that that was full of some stuff. Um, that you, you know, probably had to deal with, um, you know, has it always been easy sailing for you or, you know, have you always found that things come more naturally or have you had to kind of make some big decisions and work through some stuff? Do you find? I don't know. I think, I mean, honestly, in high school, I, I was playing like pretty high level hockey, but I hadn't really made team Ontario because kind of how it works in the Canadian program is you kind of go for your you play club and then you get recruited by your province and they have nationals every year at the U18 level. Now they have U16 and a bunch of other development. But when I was going through, they do like your provincial and then you kind of move up through there into like the national team. I hadn't really made the provincial team. And then I was looking into universities and I wanted to play hockey, but I didn't really have the resume that a lot of the girls in the NCAA division one teams did. So I, in high school, almost made a switch. Well, I did make a switch. I played golf pretty seriously throughout the summer before my grade 11 year, I guess it was. Um, and a ton of female golf scholarships go unclaimed. Right. Um, so I honestly was about to take that path and was really serious about it and then um, ended up making Team Ontario in my grade 11 year to go to nationals. And then honestly, from there, hockey just took off. I made that. I made team Ontario the next year. I ended up making team Canada and then got recruited and ended up going to Harvard. And that kind of, it honestly all happened in a matter of months. Right. I think now it's kind of crazy because kids are getting recruited early in high school. And I didn't even know I was going to university into like November of my senior year of high school. Right. And now it's way, way earlier than that. Um, and there's pros and cons, but the, that scene has definitely changed since I got recruited. And then even just coming out of university, you know, there's a huge transition and luckily I was still involved with team Canada and had the opportunity to keep pursuing hockey. And obviously for women, there's not the NHL, but the Olympics are kind of the thing if, especially if you're involved in the Canadian team. And I think I always wanted to be a dentist, but you had to take into account, how long the school is. And that was another four years of life that I had to give to that, but I didn't want to give up on hockey yet. Mm. So I kind of went for it and then ended up getting cut. And that was a huge 
a huge shock. Honestly, it wasn't at the time that I thought I was going to get cut. I thought I was just getting feedback and I ended up getting released. Right. And then a whole train of bad shit happened to me in a matter of like a month. I was working for this company that um, I was coaching uh, one of the, I was coaching his daughter in hockey and he had kind of set up with me for his company to do kind of stuff that they didn't really have the manpower to do. But in the beginning, he had kind of told me that if anything financially goes with the company, obviously my position was kind of just made up and nothing should happen, but kind of, I'd be like the first to go. And I, I mean, right. I understood that he was doing me a favor. So I was able to train and play hockey and coach and still kind of work. Mm-hmm. And I was benefiting them too because they really had a super small company and I was kind of helping with they were moving to a new facility and they needed a bunch of stuff to be done, but they just didn't have enough time or people. Mm. And then so I got cut from Team Canada. And then like I I honestly think it was like the next day or within the next week, I got like released from work. Mm. And then like a couple days before Christmas then. So this was in like September, October. Mm. And a couple days before that Christmas, um, I was like washing a knife and severed one of the tendons in my finger. Oh, damn. So I was like, wow, my life is just over. (laughs) Like, this is just great. Like, things in threes, right? Like, Merry Christmas to me. Yep. Um, and so I was out for hockey for the rest of the year. I had surgery, like an emergency surgery a couple weeks later. Mm. Um, was in a brace for about five months and then I would not wish that on there. Do not ever sever a tendon in your finger. It is literally the worst experience. Um, and then I had always wanted to travel, Mm. but I didn't really have time with hockey and obviously in university, you can't really just go and travel like over Mm. the summers you're expected to train and do whatever. And so I planned, um, a three month trip kind of around the world and, I think we ended up going to like we had 24 flights we went to like 12 or 13 countries mm. I convinced one of my friends from hockey to kind of come with me and she like left her job and we traveled for three months yeah um like the day after I got my brace off and graduated from hand therapy after I hurt my finger hmm. we left to travel Um, and it was honestly like probably one of the best experiences of my whole life. Mm. And I like planned it all and was pretty organized. But then when we'd get places, we would just kind of do stuff when we got there, but we kind of had our flights and accommodations all planned for the three months, met a bunch of people, met people around the world, realized that we, we knew a lot of people in random places around the world. Right. Um, a lot of them being Dini's roommates from university. Some of them lived in California. Then we met another one of her roommates in New Zealand Mm. so it's just it was honestly random based on places that kind of were just on the way and then places I'd always want to be like would have seen on Pinterest honestly right um so that was amazing and then I came home I had applied before I went on my trip to do my master's and got in went on my trip came home started my master's honestly met some of my best friends that I have now Mm. and I think for like my mental state at the time, that was a big thing for me. And then I applied and got into school in September and last September. And just honestly was like, this has been my dream. I've heard good things about the school and got there. And I think it honestly all started after I got cut and 
felt like I was in the bottom of a hole and that was what I was supposed to do and I had failed and it opened up so many more opportunities for me. Like I never would have got to travel and I would not change that for anything, hmm. that experience that I had and was able to do that and then get another degree. And now I'm here like in the last few years, like my life has changed dramatically. Hmm. And I think I didn't let myself, I was obviously really, really upset for a while, hmm. but I think I actually got to do, um, kind of like a, we had a leadership class in my course for public health and we did like a, this self-evaluation thing. And a lot of the time I think you, I mean, this is how they explained it is that you look at things that you need to improve on and you don't really focus on things that you do well mm-hmm. and things that people like respect you for and see. Um, so it was like kind of a positive, like self-building exercise and you had to get some friends to write like positive stories about you and I think something that my mom wrote, like, um, like I cried when I read it, just a story about kind of what I'd been through in the last couple of years and those things that happened to me after I got cut and how it just seemed to be like a series of unfortunate events one after the other. And that then when I decided to travel and kind of take back my future into my own hands and mm. she always said like, you kind of create your own happiness and you decided to go for it and it turned out. And I think that's how I've kind of been living the last few years and Mm. trying different things. And like the cliche thing, like when one door shuts, other things open, but it's honestly been very true in my life. Like, I know a lot of people that are still playing and play hockey and kind of have to put their other like career dreams on hold because that's just the reality of it. Yeah can't really do both at the same time. But I mean, I'm so lucky here to still be able to play hockey and live that part of my life Yeah, and be able to study. Um, But like I was ready to kind of give up hockey and move out here and pursue that dream. And like, I was just lucky enough to be able to still do both. So, but yeah. Well, that's awesome. And it's interesting because that's not on your Wikipedia page. Oh, so weird. I should get someone to edit that. Totally edit that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're probably the number one viewer. I'm I'm the only person there. Yeah. I'm the last editor. I changed it all just recently to to, that you're a germaphobe, fake vegan. vegan. So that's all there now. So that's good. And people agreed with me. I got a lot of votes of uh, confidence. Yeah. There's a whole group of people out there that really are questioning, you know, this uh, this lifestyle choice you're making with uh, bed sheets and veganism. Oh, that's interesting, Sarah. I mean, like, it sounds like one of the big things, and I definitely have sensed that. I mean, like, I I was your coach, but like, not really your coach as such. But, um, but but watching who you are as a person and kind of how you operate, that one of the things that I've definitely seen in you and what you do is is that you've got a really strong mindset, a really uh, interesting way of tackling. You know, whilst you could be frustrated, you also have the ability to persevere through frustration and actually still get optimal output and and engage with people in a way that's highly productive. Um, You know, so like, I I just think it's interesting that, you know, you have a a good sense of, you know, I think who you are and what you're capable of. And I just even in just talking to you now, it definitely kind of comes across as like, you know, you you do know who you are as a person and what you're capable of for the most part. Um, You know, I'm sure you're still figuring a lot of stuff out uh, being that you know, I say this, you know, kindly, you know, being young and working through a lot of that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me, people that, you know, have kind of done a lot of stuff and, you know, and, and still made it a priority to figure out who they are in it. 
Um, it, yeah. it was an interesting commentary that I heard the other day about like um, there was an actor, I think it was, I was listening to a podcast with Woody Harrelson and mm. he was talking about, you know, his childhood best friends and, um, or like, what was it? What, oh, a guy he used to act with when they were like young, like, you know, young university age kids. And um, this guy had gone off to Juilliard and did the whole thing. But he was kind of reminiscing on the fact that he got out, you know, his buddy went and started a family and he's like, he thinks it's the best thing ever, you know. And they were both the, the people talking were kind of like, it's just interesting when people are able to go out, leave one thing and go to another thing and make it work. Uh, yeah. You know, because sometimes that can be really, really hard. And I think, you know, you um, kind of had this sort of emulation of hockey as a thing, because to be honest, I'm sure you you played a lot of hockey, put a lot of effort into that. And, and here you are, you know, kind of really like literally starting a new book instead of just a new chapter and something you were doing before. So it's a, it's interesting to to hear your story about that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think too like doing that, like closing one chapter, there's been a lot more, it's been a lot more publicized to the, how I don't think it was super talked about. Like it's hard transitioning from like a collegiate athlete, especially like in the NCAA when pretty much your sport is your full-time job on top of school. Um, But a lot of people struggle to make that transition Mm. into the real world as they like to say it. Um, And I, I know there's been so many articles coming out and, it's crazy because you read them and you're like, wow, that is actually how I feel. Mm. But I think, I mean, I was lucky enough to keep hockey after I graduated. And I think I just made that transition a little bit later, but I think I started to, to definitely feel that moving over here. But I mean, there's so many other things that are rewarding. And I mean, I was, I am lucky enough to still play hockey, but there are things that you find and it's hard to give up your one identity, but Mm. I mean, still, I don't even have to play and I could still, make friends just with the people in the hockey community, like having that as something that I enjoy and did. And I think I'm ready to make that transition. And like right now I'm still lucky enough to, to play while I'm here, but definitely it's coming. I can see the end of it, I guess. Sure. And like, I don't think I'll stop coaching ever. I do want to coach and like if I have kids and I definitely want to do that. Never thought I'd have the patience, but I coached for a few years before Mm. I came here and I absolutely love it, mm. but um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very strange, you're just kind of floating in limbo and yeah. then one day it just makes sense. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I mean, and I think that has to do with the fact that you, you know, you, you kind of know, you have a trajectory that you're looking at, you know, yeah. there's, there's clarity for your end game. You know, I think mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of people don't have clarity of what they want to be. Like I know with me, I have no idea what I'm trying to do with my life. Like I don't even know where I'm trying to go. Never have, never had anybody really in my life kind of going, Hey, this is a, this is what you're good at. This is what you should do. You know, like I think yeah. that happened once in high school where they're like, take this test to figure out who you're going to be when you grow up, you know? And I don't know mm, what classic. that was, but I did not agree with it. And I was just like, well, fuck this shit. So, you know, like I just kind of do whatever, but you know, I think that that, that sort of limbo can be quite annoying, right? Cause you're, you know, for me, it's just like, well, I don't know, you know, like I'm good at a lot of stuff, but you know, is any one of these things like a jackpot moment? Probably not, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, I think that sometimes when you've got clarity and there's a few people I've spoken to in life and, and also on this podcast so that they very much see that end game and they're working towards it. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's admirable. You know, because I, I just don't do it. I just, I don't know why, but I just don't have that. I don't have that makeup to kind of go that way. Possibly because my, my bed sheet situation. So shit. So Sarah, I mean, I think that, I mean, that couldn't even be it. I, I honestly, when, when I was in the, the national team program and even at school, like 
I feel like I struggled to set goals. May, like, and I don't even, I couldn't even identify the reason why. Mm. Like maybe because I didn't want to not hit them or like I didn't think it was stupid. That was not what I thought at all. I think I just, I honestly struggled to like pick something that I thought was like enough, but also attainable. Mm. And like I did put, I do and did and probably will always put a lot of pressure on myself. I am a perfectionist, have a little dabble of OCD in there. Mm. But like I was joking the other day with somebody that like, when I was little and up until whatever, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, oh, a dentist. And like, now I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, so now what? Right. <laughs> it's like, now I have to think about real life. And I don't think I ever really thought about that while I was doing all the other stuff because I was goal setting in a different way. But sure. it's kind of, I mean, I've enjoyed thinking about that now. And I think I feel more comfortable. And maybe it's because I do have like a more set career path and I'm actually doing it because I feel like I told people for so long, Oh, I want to be a dentist, but I wasn't in dental school. I hadn't applied yet. Sure. It was just something that I wanted to do. And now that's more real. Obviously I have been thinking about like the future and things other than like hockey and work and paying off my loans. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, those are like now problems. I mean, all this but I'm stuff, like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm actually looking into the future and it's not like something that's, overwhelming like it's kind of fun well, that's cool planning my adult life just kind of cool adulting oh boy yeah just adulting so hard yeah well maybe i don't know if you're truly adulting yet but oh. you will be adulting soon i'm sure yeah you're doing adultish I'm, I'm, things i'm like 85 percent adulting are you 85 percent adulting on yeah. the scale of adulting yeah 85%. well 87 percent probably 87 what's the yeah, other 13 percent doing is it just childing like my, because i left the country my parents had to co-sign my loan oh right so, like that's probably you know about 12 and a half percent of it and there's a 0.5 percent of just childish behavior yeah but there's like a 0.5 of just like whatever yeah just you know you need you a little bit of leeway if that's a very small amount of leeway yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Super well there's small. not a lot of time right now that i, I have so. i guess so <laughs> Oh, Sarah. Hey, look, so last question before we jump off the phone. Uh, and I think I know the answer to this, but I ask everybody, would you say you're happy in your life? Am I happy in my life? Yeah. 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 Pretty happy. I'd say I'd say you are. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're miserable. No. Although I do want to see, I do want to see what would happen in a situation where you're, you're, your sleeping pajamas and, and outside pajamas were swapped and then no one told you. And then you like had like a moment of like, I can only imagine there'd be a like, you know, an outbreak white hazmat suit situation at your, at your house and all these things would go down. You'd but, see my comforter on Facebook marketplace. Yeah, ASAP. Like, or just being burnt in the backyard. Right? Just like, Oh, I don't, I don't really like fire kind of scares me. Fire scares you. <laughs> Oh, my wow. sister's a pyro like I could not oh. like I have a candle and that's like about it and the fact that I light my candle with a match now because I Ooh. just have matches in this country those cute little red ones I don't know like that's a big deal for me redheads yeah Some those redheads. things oh wow you don't have like a little light long necked light we, had, we, we did end up getting one right but I started with the first nine months here with matches your sister's a pyro Oh, yeah. I've not really chatted to your sister, by the way. I've said oh, hello she, to her. You would be. Wow. I don't know if you're actually, you should, yeah, I don't know if you'd be able to handle it. What? That's bullshit. I can handle anybody. And two, I've just not had a chance. So you watch out. This could go one of two ways for you, sir. One of two ways. She could be my new best friend and we team up on you and take you down. Or she just goes, Joe is weird. I don't want to talk to that guy anymore. 
And answer number two. Oh, you hope for number two. You hope for number two. You just need to go through. She's like a mini, more like aggressive form of me. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking time out from your studying today to have a chat to me. Oh, no problem. And if I um, fail my endodontics exam, though, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Well, I do know that you don't have transport, so I would be able to pretty much figure (laughs) out how you got here. It's like, I'm coming. I'm going to come and I'm going to take you down. All right, good. I'll see you in like an hour and a half if you can find the place. Because <laughs> I don't think I'll see you in an hour and a half. I just have to take two buses and yeah, a train. Yeah. Can you come pick me up for this? That's probably what you'd say. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the way I would go down. Joe, can you come pick me up, please? I'm going to kick your ass, but I just need to pick yeah. me up first. No mutual ground. There's no middle ground for this. Oh. Oh, boy. All right, Sarah. Well, enjoy your, the rest of your day studying. I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Hey. No problem. I feel like you have more of a Canadian accent as we got through this, by the way. I didn't even use one A, I don't think. You did. You you abooted just a second ago. Abooted. You did. You gave one. No, I didn't use it. I don't think I said the word A, though. A? Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Just, you didn't do any See? of that. You've dropped it. Uh, it still comes out every once in a while. Does it? We're trying to learn the Australian slang. Heaps. Heaps. Heaps of, heaps good. Heaps good, yeah. Far out. Yeah. Far out, mate. Do you, have you, do you say mate. mate at all? No, but my dad says mate, and that's why I think people uh, mistake him for being Australian rather than English. Oh, right, right. And I think it's his, like, overuse of the word mate. Oh, puts it on a little bit. Is it regular well, for you, or is he, do you think he's putting it on? No, I think it just comes out. Like, it, oh. it comes right out, but I feel like that's probably why they think that. Because I always wondered, like, I think they sound way different here. Than mm. his English accent, but it, it literally might just be because of the mate thing. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It is possible. Well, that's very informative. It's good to know that you're you know, you're aware of other other colloquialisms such as heaps good. Heaps good. Yeah. And they add the the Z Z saws. Like saws, sorry. Yeah. Saws. Yeah, saws. Not not too sure if I'll pick that one up and take it home, but Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was universal, like a global problem, the saws problem. A global problem. Yeah, it's like everybody what, is like saws. Lit? We're all saws, and everything's lit. We're lit saws. Everything's lit. No, lit you sauce. did not just add sauce. That's an American thing. So, I didn't say lit sauce. I said lit saws. <laughs> I heard lit sauce, and I was like, that's no. an American thing. I would use the sauce because that is something I would say, but um, lit not sauce. lit sauce. Oh, God. Oh, that might be uh, someone else's nickname. We could call it Liz Lit Sauce. Whoa. No. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Oh, God. All right, so I'm going to let you go. All right. Thank Have you. Have a lovely Monday. Uh, yes, you enjoy your Monday study, lady. Love it. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So there you have it, Sarah Edney, Sarah Ann, Sarah Ann, like a fate, like a like an old prairie novel, Laos on the Prairie or something. Sarah Ann Edney from Mississauga, Canada. She is a character. She is a piece of work. She's going to be a dentist. She's going to be fixing the teeth of hockey players. I know it. She's focused. She's got her eye on what she wants in life, and I. I believe she can get it done. She seems to have accomplished a lot in her life. And even when things didn't go her way, she was able to find her way through it. And that's kind of what we all need to think about doing when we're 
battling it out, trying to figure it out. We just got to persevere, you know, when, uh, as she said, when one door shuts, another door opens. And yeah, it's a goofy statement, but it seemingly is the case for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, if you like hockey, get out and watch her play. She's amazing to watch. Uh, she puts uh, the boys to shame, and uh, that is fun. Uh, she's also a delight to see uh, play with other people. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, people kind of run from her because they don't know what to do around her, <laughs> which is hilarious. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, she brings a lot to the table. So that's Sarah Edney. Uh, my chat on uh, episode 11. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate your time. Uh, I got a few more interview people putting their hands up for some interviews or to point people in my direction. I appreciate that. Those that are listening and hearing my requests and my pleas to, hey, let's get on the show. Let's do some chatty chat. Uh, I appreciate it. So the more the merrier. Uh, get them in here and uh, we will uh, keep on cracking. Uh, feedback so far is to make it short. So, Nath, if you listen this far, I apologize, buddy. We're about a half an hour past your threshold, apparently. Um, if this is uh, his his view of the world, this is that this shouldn't be no longer than 45 minutes, so he can do it one way on a commute. Um, those of you that agree, vote with your hands. Put your hands in the air and let me know. That would be great. Um, I could try to shorten it. It might be a bit tough, but, uh, yeah, I don't, mind. I don't mind the organic side of the conversation, too. So um, I appreciate the feedback, buddy. And you know I'm talking about you, Nathan. And uh, wake up, Tom. I'll uh, talk to you guys all in the next one. I appreciate it. Uh, Have a good one. Bye.